BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey friends, Bill Press here. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. I want to be sure you know my new book is out. Uh, Not so subtle. The title, Trump Must Go. The top 100 reasons to dump Trump and one, maybe, to keep him. It's available anywhere books are sold. Um, Best place to get it is go to our website, billpressshow.com. Special discount there for ordering the book and a way that you can add your own reasons to dump Trump. Let's do it now. fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Would you hire this man? That's still the question before the United States Senate. It is a job interview, remember? And uh, Brett Kavanaugh has done everything he can to prove that he is not fit for the job. Hey, what do you say, everybody? Here we go on a, can you believe it? First day of October 2018. It is the Bill Press Show. Here we are with you. Hope you had a a great, relaxing weekend. Uh, My God, the sun actually came out in Washington, D.C. It was so strange to, to walk around not with the clouds over your head and not with an umbrella over your head. Uh, and what a weekend, what a, well, <laughs> what a wild end to last week. A lot happened since we last talked about the uh, Brett Kavanaugh nomination. And now we sort of are on a kind of sort of one week hold, um, where the FBI is kind of sort of maybe doing an investigation, but then maybe not And the white house, pardon me, is trying to fig- to limit what they can look into while the president is insisting that they can do, the FBI can do whatever it wants. A lot of conflicting signals. uh, And this whole FBI investigation could turn out to be a farce, just like the Senate Judiciary Committee Committee hearing and that whole process has been such a farce. At any rate, that again is the focus of today's show and something you are going to want to talk about, of course, so send us your comments on Twitter, at BP Show, as we keep up with you and all the rest of the news of the day. Your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. But first, this is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. Now, this is a very rare event indeed. Hurricane Rosa, which is now a tropical storm. We're already up to Rosa? We're already up to Rosa. Well, Rosa we has made it. In between F and R. Yeah, right. Uh, Rosa made it to the West Coast. It's rare that this actually happens, that a hurricane gets to the West Coast. But as of this morning, again, it's a tropical storm. Uh, It's hitting Arizona, Nevada, and even parts of California with a lot of very heavy rain. In fact, Rosa is expected to bring up to 10 inches of rain in parts of Mexico. But as it moves 
north. It's going to hit more land. It's going to weaken. But they're still saying uh, up to four inches of rain will cause dangerous flash flooding in Arizona and Nevada. Where well, flash flooding is a very, very serious mm-hmm. problem mm-hmm. there. When mm-hmm. it hits, it's it's no joke. Uh, so, yeah, it, we're, we, we made it to Hurricane Rosa already. That is strange. Yeah. You know what today is? Uh, weirdly, it's I can't believe it's been a year, but it's been a year since the shooting in downtown Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, and you will be able to tell today because Las Vegas is going to go dark. They are turning off all of whoa, their neon whoa. and all of their big signs. <laughs> They're going to turn it off to commemorate the shooting a year later. Uh, it's going to look very weird. It's going Boy, to look very, very bet. weird. I wonder how you'll be able to get around the strip. Yeah, right? right? Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, all those big neon signs everywhere, uh, they will be dark. They will be dark. And I've talked about this before, but we now actually know it's going to happen. Chipotle Rewards. Chipotle is going to start a loyalty program for people who eat there often. You can earn free food and rewards and things like that. Uh, They had said that they were going to start experimenting it. It goes live today in Phoenix, Kansas City, Kansas, and Columbus, Ohio. So they say that it's going to roll out nationally next year. So the way that this works is you enroll online or you use the app. You get 15 points for every dollar that you spend. And then once you get 1,250 points, that gets you a free entree. So the more you eat there, the more rewards you get, the more free food you get. A lot of places have that. I mean, yeah, they do. Chipotle had, had had been very resistant to it, but now you know they they're still trying to rebuild after the problems they had a couple of years ago. Yeah, the problem with that is you still have to eat it. Ch- yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. This is the Bill Press Show. Why, why is the White House placing so many limits on what's supposed to be a thorough FBI investigation? Again, what are they afraid of and why don't they just let the facts be presented such as they may be before the committee without trying to control the whole damn thing? Hello, everybody. What do you say? Here we go. It is the Bill Press Show on a Monday. Happy Monday. Hope your weekend was a good one. Uh, full of a uh, little relaxation a little, and a lot of fun with friends and family. And um, that you are ready to dive into this week, which may not be quite as wild as last week, but it's still uh, going to be fraught with tension and with controversy surrounding the Brett Kavanaugh nomination. Uh, and so much has happened since we <laughs> last talked. Friday turned out to be a pretty crazy day indeed and went in a direction that nobody foresaw. Here we are again, the Bill Press Show, coming to you live coast to coast from our studio on Capitol Hill, just down the street from the United States Capitol, where all that craziness occurred uh, on Friday and still over the weekend. We join you online on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. We join you on television, on Free Speech TV, and we're here with you on the radio statewide in Indiana. Indiana Talks and all over the greater Chicago area, the beautiful city of Chicago, and the surrounding area on WCPT, the big progressive voice of Chicago, 
Yes, hello, hello. Great lineup of guests today from The Guardian, from Share Blue, and from The Hill. And, of course, you are our most important guests of all, and we encourage you to follow along with us, express your outrage and your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. Yes, indeed, we, uh, when we left on Friday, we knew that the Judiciary Committee, the, the plan on Friday, remember, was to have a vote in the Senate Judiciary Committee that day, Friday, starting at 10 o'clock. They were going to all get their, get their say, and then they were going to vote. Uh, on Saturday, Mitch McConnell was going to convene the entire United States Senate on an extraordinary Saturday session, at which time they planned to vote. Uh, Mitch McConnell was certain, he said, that he had the votes to confirm Brett Kavanaugh. On Sunday, uh, the White House had not announced it yet, but they were planning secretly, privately, whatever, uh, for a swearing-in ceremony for Brett Kavanaugh at the White House, probably sworn in by Chief Justice John Roberts. And then today, Monday, was the day when the Supreme Court convenes for the first first time in this new session that Brett Kavanaugh would take his seat on the court. It was all planned. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Guess what? Didn't work out that way, did it? When we left no. here on when Friday. we left here, that was kind of the plan. Yeah. We hated it, but it looked like there was no way to stop it. When we left here right? on Friday, did you think that we were going to start today's show with <laughs> Justice Brett Kavanaugh? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And, by the way, I was even, I, I was, I, I don't know about you, but Thursday, as you know, I was glued to every single second of that hearing. Friday, I just said, <laughs> screw, screw it. it. <laughs> I am <laughs> not going to ruin another day of my life. I know what's going to happen. And I was even further convinced that's the way it was going to play out when first thing after I walked out of the studio, I see a statement from Jeff Flake saying he's going to vote for him. I said, that's it. Okay. At least in the committee, that's it. And I figured Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski would follow, and that was it. There was, a, there was then, sort of a word going around that Flake, yeah. Collins, yeah. Murkowski were all going to vote the same way, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. So if you saw one of them show their hand, then you knew where we were going. Right. So as soon as he said that. Yeah, I figured uh, that's really all over. So then um, we get to Jeff Flake is on his way to the hearing, and uh there are a couple of women who get in the elevator with him, which, by the way, you have to understand how unusual this is, because those of you who have been in the, in the United States Capitol know that there are, in the banks of elevators, there are certain elevators that are for senators only, and then House members only. It says clearly over top, senators only. Now, I've been in that elevator a couple of times, because if you're with a senator, they can take you with them, right? But the public cannot use those. So somehow, Jeff Flake is in this elevator. These two women are able to get in the elevator with him. And and also a CNN camera. Of course, there are all cameras are following around all the members of the committee is there. And this one, two women um, confront, you've got to use that word, I think, Jeff Flake. And here's one of them, Ana Maria Aquila, who says to just takes off on Flake, how can you do this? I'm a victim of sexual assault, and basically you are enabling this guy and letting this guy get away with this. How can you do this to women like me? You're allowing someone who is 
for his own actions and willing to hold the harm that he has done to one woman, actually three women, and 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 repairing. You are allowing someone who is unwilling to take responsibility. So it goes on and on, and to his credit, you know, Lindsey Graham would have called the police, of course, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, or Ted Cruz, right, had them arrested on the spot. And to his credit, I mean, Flake doesn't really respond. He just looks down. He lists, he's listening. He's listening. He's obviously troubled. And he goes into the committee hearing. And you know how it all played out. At one point, uh, he leaves a hearing. He's he's just so troubled by this. Chris Coons, who's who's from Delaware, uh, his best friend, Senator Coons, has been our guest in studio several times. He sees Flake leave. He goes out and says, hey, Jeff, kind of what's going on? The two of them confer. Then a couple of other senators come out, and then everybody's wondering. And the, the committee is just, it, it loses it. It just goes off the rails because the real action has taken place behind, in a little room behind the right. committee hearing room. And so they come up with this idea of an FBI investigation maybe the way to go and they want to be sure they can get it done so they try to call christopher ray the head of the fbi the two of them there's still some of these left squeeze into a phone booth yeah and there's they've got one of them has the the they're using their his iphone right on speaker they try to get christopher ray the head of the fbi he can't they can't find him they finally get Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. He's got nothing else to do. Who's got nothing else to do? <laughs> who who would have been meeting with Donald Trump except the meeting was postponed. They get him on the phone and he assures them they can do this in a week. Because uh, and so they come back uh, and that's how the kind of thing all played out. And the, you, you, Grassley and Lindsey Graham and the others are caught bl- are totally blindsided. I, I have to explain. I, I, it was pandemonium on Friday. It, it was, was pandemonium no, because it started out with dem- there were some Democratic senators who walked out of the judiciary hearing because there were a lot of people who were going around and grandstanding and making their statements. Uh, a lot of Democrats just walked out, right? And then when you know they were having this all the stuff that was going on behind the scenes, I saw a couple of reporters tweeting, "Something's going on." Yeah, something's yeah. going on. Jeff Flake isn't in the room. We saw him talking to some Democratic senators. We don't know what's happening, but something is going on. Yeah. So then Flake comes back and he says, yes, I did say I'm going to vote yes, but. I think it would be uh, proper to delay the floor vote uh, for up to but not more than one week uh, in order to let the FBI um continue uh, to do an investigation limited in time and scope uh, to the current allegations that are there. And at that point, it just proves, and Dick Durbin made this uh, uh, observation, that even today one person can make a difference. And with that, they, the Republicans on the committee who did not want to do this, Mitch McConnell, who no way, no how, and apparently just raised hell about this, did not want to do this, but he had no choice because Jeff Flake was immediately joined in his request for an FBI investigation, which, let's remember, every Republican on the committee the day before had opposed, strongly opposed, and so had Brett Kavanaugh, 
who refused over and over, time and time and time and time again, to support an FBI investigation. But at this point, with uh, with Jeff Flake being joined then by Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski and Joe Manchin, Mitch McConnell had no choice. Uh, and um, Jeff, uh, so so that's that's what came down. I want to get to some of the limits on the investigation first, but. Uh, Chris Coons and uh, Jeff Flakes joined last night in an unusual. Uh, they really, they really got this together fast. Um, segment on sixty minutes, where uh, Scott Pelley uh, in, uh, interviewed them both, and he asked this key question: If this FBI investigation comes up with any evidence that Brett Kavanaugh had lied to the committee, um, and can we just take a little tangent? We know he lied to the committee even before Christine Ford testified. Like, look, I, he I, lied about several things. Uh, several, like just, just for starters, he talked about how the drinking age was 18, and so he was drinking beer. That's just not true. People look at the dates. They're not, it's yeah. not true. It's a lie. Yeah, there's one. The other thing is, as we pointed out last week, if you were with us, he said he had nothing to do with torture memos at the White House. That was a lie. Yes, he did. He had said he had nothing to do with... Uh, the nominations of vetting Charles Pickering and a couple of other judges uh, when they were nominated by by President Bush. Uh, that's a lie. Uh, yes, he did. Um, he said he had nothing to do with some emails, stolen emails, that uh, Senator Patrick Leahy asked him about. Uh, so we know he lied. And we, So we know he lied about several things. So Scott Pelley asked, now, he's, he's referencing here that he lied about some of the things that Dr. Christine Ford talked about and that he said in his angry over-the-top uh, statement on on Thursday. Uh, here's a question to Jeff Flake by Scott Pelley. If Judge Kavanaugh is shown to have lied to the committee, nomination's over? Oh, yes. I would think so. Oh, oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, so we'll see what they come up with. And afterwards, of course, nobody is more upset that they have to have this FBI investigation. Then Lindsey Graham, oh yes, because he said that's what this whole process has always been about. It's never about seeking the truth. This has never been about the truth. This has been about delay and destruction. And if we reward this, it is the end of good people wanting to be judges yeah, he always makes that ridiculous point. Uh, they won't have any problem finding. Yeah, no. What will be the end of? It'll be the end of partisan stooges, hopefully, on the Supreme Court. I just want to play this other Peter before we. The, the the so then Lindsey Graham recognizes it's all over. He's lost. There is going to be at least a week delay, and um, so he says, "Well, I guess somebody's going to have to go down and explain it to my boyfriend." Boyfriend. And somebody's got to explain this to Trump, so I guess that'll be my job. <laughs> Boy, I just, I mean, I don't feel bad for him at all. He's nuts. At How do you all. go from being a McCain Republican to 100% Trumper overnight? Not if you believe in anything, right? No. Not if you have any soul. It's just disgusting. So um, that's where we are. now. Now the big question, though, is, is this what's this FBI investigation going to amount to? And there's no doubt. So 
the Senate then had to request the White House, because the FBI works for, it's part of the, of course, executive branch, uh, had to ask the White House to request this investigation, which they didn't want to do again. Uh, which And so they did. They asked the FBI to look into it. And Donald Trump, before he left for West Virginia on Friday, he assured reporters there are no limits at all on what the FBI can do. Yeah, they have free reign. They're going to do whatever they have to do. Whatever it is they do, they'll be doing things that we never even thought of. And hopefully at the conclusion, uh, everything will be fine. Uh, yeah, that's what he says. But, 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 and it's a big but, uh, we find out just the opposite is true. In fact, and we sort of heard that uh, from Sarah Huckabee Sanders when she said, you know, that there are going to be some limits because they can't just be they can't just be running all over the place and talking to everybody. And so far as we know, um, the limits have been put on the FBI. It's going to be a very narrow investigation. Uh, the limits put on the FBI by none other than White House counsel, counsel Don McGahn, who's leaving, by the way, remember, right after this is all over. Um, the According to the New York Times, they are interviewing, you ready for this, four potential witnesses. Four. Uh, and they would be uh, the people that... Um, Dr. Christine Ford mentioned uh, a P.J. Smith, a Leland Kaiser woman by the name of Leland Kaiser, and Mark Judge, and Deborah Ramirez. Four. Now, as Chris Kuhn said, I saw said, said said somewhere. You know, look, it, it may not be five hundred people that they have to interview or should interview. Maybe who knows? Maybe fifty, but it sure as hell is more than four. Yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. No, missing from the list is the Julia Swetnick, who is the third woman with credible um, allegations about all the parties and the number of parties and how many times she had seen um, Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge totally blottered. Um, but anyhow, they're not even interviewing her, so they have interviewed Deborah Ramirez. Uh, the woman who said that uh, Brett Kavanaugh exposed himself to her, forced him and forced her to touch him, and uh, at some drunken party up at Yale, um, and they have um, uh, interviewed maybe I'm, I'm not sure that some of the people P.J. Smith, Leland Kaiser, or Mark Judge, but that's their narrow, narrow focus that they've adopted so far. And in the meantime, another classmate of his, who's now a college professor down in North Carolina. Uh, came out and is going to the FBI offices in North Carolina today to say, are you kidding? This guy was always drunk. Yeah. yeah. So there are more there, and more people there. They, there's a whole big thing in today's New York Times uh, about a former classmate, yeah. uh, by, by a former classmate, mm -hmm. talking about all of the drinking that Brett Kavanaugh did. And again, the the drinking is not necessarily you know something that disqualifies him from the Supreme Court, but the lying does. And for him to go out there and to lie about this stuff and to talk about how he's never gotten blackout drunk or any of that stuff, it's just not true. Nobody nobody will back him up on that, that he didn't drink to excess. Right. No, no, no. no. And so this it's very troubling. Uh, and Amy Klobuchar, Chris Coons, Maisie Hirono, and other Democrats have pointed out that it's it's it would be a total farce if the FBI just comes up with a, just kind of a 
you know, pass-through, drive-by kind of investigation. Again, we know the FBI is not going to be, be the decision-maker maker here. They're not going to recommend to the committee how they ought to vote, but their job is to follow the facts wherever they lead, explore the facts, and lay out the facts and take their time. I mean, the, even the idea that they should that be, that be given only one week is crazy. You know, the FBI should be given the time they need to do a thorough job. And then that's their job. And then it's the Senate job to evaluate the facts and make their decision. You know, the one thing that I really hope gets looked at and scrutinized is uh, the Washington Post has had a great piece about his calendars. And there is yes. a date on the calendar that would. <laughs> yeah, please. No, I know the calendars are very Those emotional for you. I know it's really, really special God. moments. That's the weirdest <laughs> thing of all, crying over the calendars. But there's a date on his calendar, which, by the way, if you believe that they're real, uh, that corroborates Dr. Ford's story. As Sheldon Whitehouse zeroed in on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so if the FBI really wants to figure out what happened, look at that calendar, look at that date where he has down the names of the people that she listed and she talked about being there, how else would she have known that? Right. Yeah. And there was, uh, you know, there was also, during so, his hearing, there was this weird thing where he just said, this this would have obviously happened on the weekend, so I'm looking at my weekend. No, it was the summer. It could have yeah. happened on a, on a win- noon on a Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, so even even in a limited fashion, it seems to me that there are, um, there are questions and details, questions that they can answer, the FBI, and details that they can that they can nail down. One thing that, that to me, I think is the most obvious, it, Brett Kavanaugh said in his testimony that he had never met Christine Ford, didn't know her, never met her, didn't see her at any parties, whatever. I'll bet you Mark Judge, if he tells the truth, has a different answer to that. Just that one fact, if, if in fact they can establish that Christine Ford was at the same parties some of the same parties, or at least one of the same parties, with Matt Judge, Mark Judge, and um, and Christine Christine Ford. Bingo! They've got him in another in in another line. Uh, so that 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 is one issue now that the that the, the committee is looking at, waiting for the FBI. In the meantime, several people have have and and several um, reports, New York Times and the Post have both. Um, and I think Politico too. Have, uh, CNN had an excellent article uh, focusing on the temperament. That's that's uh, that whether or not this guy in any way has displayed the temperament that you want in a Supreme Court justice, someone who can objectively, independently, calmly just review the facts in any given issue before the court and make a decision. Senator Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island yesterday uh, raised this issue at an event up in Rhode Island. Just look at this screaming idiot in front of the committee. Just focus on the way the man behaved in the hearing. Conspiracy theories. The Clintons are doing this to me. Yes. Uh, this is an exaggeration. He did. No, he brought up the Clintons. He, yeah, this, he said this, this is sort of Clinton's revenge, right? And we saw, I think, the best portrayal of uh, of um, Brett Kavanaugh and his angry attitude in front of the committee 
And a marvelous opening to uh, SNL Saturday Night. Matt Damon, here he goes. I'm going to start at an 11. <laughs> I'm going to take it to about a 15 real quick. <laughs> uh, and there's one word not in my vocabulary. I'm not backing down, you sons of bitches. I don't know the meaning of the word stop. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, and that exchange with uh, Amy Klobuchar about blacking out Amy Klobuchar, played by Rachel Dretch. Tell me this, Judge. Did you ever drink so much that you blacked out? I don't know. Did you? <laughs> huh? Huh? Uh, huh? Did you ever black out? Excuse me? Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean that. I, I just, I think I blacked out for a second. <laughs> Hey, there is a little bit of other news here. Uh, we're going to be talking Kavanaugh basically all morning with you. Uh, so your comments on Twitter, FPP Show. A little other bit of news that uh, out in West Virginia, um, we mentioned the president on his way out there on Friday. Uh, he had a remarkable statement about his relationship with uh, Kim Jong-un. Uh, you know, they've been writing these letters back and forth, and they had that wonderful uh, brotherly love summit in, uh, uh, in Singapore. Uh, and the president says, yeah, now um, he's my buddy. I was really being tough, and so was he. And we would go back and forth, and then we fell in love, okay? No, really. He wrote me beautiful letters, and they're great letters. We fell in love. Oh, this is stunning. We fell in love. Yes, I'm in love with Kim Jong-un, and he's in love with me. And what do we get for it? <clears throat> what Nothing. the hell, man? Yeah, just incredible. Elon Musk is out of one job. Uh, yeah, we, we know it was August 7th. By the way, not that long ago, right? August 7th is when he sent out a tweet saying, I got all the money I need to take this company private, and I'm going to do it. It was a phony message. It freaked out his investors. The SEC jumped in, as we mentioned on Friday. Uh, they settled over the weekend. He's going to pay, Tesla's going to pay a $20 million fine. And uh, he, Elon Musk, is out as chairman, but he remains as CEO of the company. And the stock, uh, Tesla stock, continues to plummet. Um, that means the CEO, he could be fired. Yeah. Probably won't be, but at any rate, it's a... That would be unlikely that he gets fired. But boy, what a maniac. What a maniac is right. At first, he refused the deal, and then he finally came around and said, uh, I think somebody talked to him and said, hey, dude. You better accept this and run, or else you're going to be really in deep trouble. It's 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 hard to imagine that like paying a twenty million dollar fine is getting off easy, but like it could have been so much worse. Could have been, particularly if he had challenged it in court yeah. and they, they went to court and he lost. Uh, uh, on another front, uh, Elizabeth Warren said yesterday uh, over the weekend, I think it was yesterday, that uh, after uh, uh, November six, the midterms. Hard look at running in 2020. After November 6th, I will take a hard look at running for president. Elizabeth Warren, first one out there to say, uh, not the first one, we know the uh, others are running, first time that she's come that close to it. Uh, news, very troubling news. Uh, we think that the problem of kids ripped apart from their parents uh, and placed in uh, cages or tent cities is behind us no it is not um the uh, ice and uh, department the immigration department uh over the weekend started moving up to 13 
thousand immigrant children who are in detention being held by the United States from uh, foster homes and institutions all around the country to a big tent city that they set up down in Texas with horrible conditions and no requirement for schooling or nothing. It is just a deplorable, uh, inexcusable situation that continues not getting a lot of attention because most of us are focused more on um, something about this Brett Kavanaugh situation here in Washington. Uh, And finally, this is shocking. I know you're not going to believe this. Shocking. Peter, you won't not believe this, but Sarah Palin's oldest son. Oh, man, I was going to do this story. Track. Track. Oh, man, yes. Track got arrested over the weekend, accused of domestic violence. Uh, Police called out to his home. Where else? Wasilla, Alaska. Good thing his mother is no longer the mayor of Wasilla, Alaska. Uh, What a... (laughs) That Palin family. Is there... I put it this way. I think Sarah Palin is the only member of the family who herself has not been arrested for some violent offense. By the way, right? we this know is the, her husband has. This is and the, the other kids have. This is the third time <laughs> that Track has been arrested in three years. Oh God! Oh God! Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's it's so bad. I mean, it's so bad. They they had to physically restrain him when they showed mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so unbelievable. Think his family's a little jinxed. <laughs> Do you think they got some problems? There's something. I don't know what it is, but there's something, man. What's going so on? So much to talk about. So little time on this Monday, October one, uh, the Bill Press Show. When we come back from the Guardian, Lauren Gambino is going to join us to talk more aspects of Kavanaugh and beyond. You send us your comments on Twitter here. Good to have you with us on uh, this Monday. Thank you. Quick break. We'll be right back. Take the Bill Press Show anywhere you go. Download our free podcast. Search for the Bill Press Show on iTunes and catch the highlights from every show. Hello, friends and neighbors. Here we are, uh, the Bill Press Show on a Monday, October 1, live from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., Brought to you today by the American International Association, rather, of firefighters. Yes, the good men and women of our firefighting departments nationwide under the leadership of uh, President Harold Schaitberger. They protect us every day. We count on them. They never let us down, and uh, we salute them, thank them for their support of the program. Direct you to their website at IAFF.org. And uh, on this Monday, a little reminder... Uh, our friend Igor Volsky, Peter, you uh, you know, a uh, good friend here and frequent guest host. host. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sent me a, a photograph over the weekend. He was in Philadelphia and uh, went to a bookstore there, and there's a big pile of, and right on the shelf, Trump must go. Hey, all right. So uh, your chance too, Trump must go. My latest book, The Top 100 Reasons to Dump Trump and One to Keep Him. Check out our website at Bill Press Show. Uh, dot com to find out where you can find a copy and to add your own reasons because, you know, you can't stop at just 100. There are a lot more than that. Trump must go. Um, lays all out. Lays the entire case for getting rid of Donald Trump right here. We do it for you. BillPressShow.com. And we welcome to the studio 
uh, for uh, to continue our coverage of the latest on the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation process. Lauren Gambino has been covering this for The Guardian uh, nonstop just about. Hi, Lawrence. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Thanks for joining us. By the way, one thing, Peter, we didn't even uh, – that sort of gets lost in the, in the rush here about Friday is in the midst of all of this, the Judiciary Committee did vote to recommend. Yeah. Let's not forget that. Yeah, there's now this delay, but they did go ahead and vote to recommend him to the full Senate for confirmation to the Supreme Court, right? Yes, absolutely. And, like, uh, voted, yes. and nobody's talking about that. I mean, yeah, he got, despite all of this, he got a yes vote. Yeah. You know, it was interesting because I was listening to it on, uh, shout out our friends at C-SPAN, C-SPAN Radio. It was yeah. at C-SPAN yeah. Radio in the car. And it was pandemonium. It was insane. Like, yeah. nobody knew yeah. what the hell yeah. was going on because yeah. Jeff Flake had this <laughs> statement. Grassley, who's somehow in charge of things. Like, had no idea what was going on. And then they pushed this vote, and no one knew what they were voting on. They thought they right. might have been voting on the FBI investigation. No, it, that's Everybody right. was confused. But in this madness, they did vote to, despite all yeah. the questions raised, to recommend him. So when the FBI report comes back, it goes to the full Senate, not to the Judiciary Committee. Uh, and meanwhile, uh, our conversation so far, Peter, has uh, prompted a few <laughs> Choice comments? Yes, indeed. A couple of comments on Twitter where we are tweeting at BP Show, at BP Show. First of all, before we get to the Kavanaugh stuff, I have to get into the corrections corner, Bill, because Phil corrects us. We didn't just go from Florence to Rosa. I talked about how Hurricane Rosa yeah, is, is yeah. Uh, uh, threatening the West right. Coast of America. Pacific hurricanes get their names off of a different list, which I did not <laughs> realize. I had no idea. So oh, okay. uh, that, that that's that. All right. But thank I'll, you, Philip. Thanks, Whatever. Phil. I appreciate it. Uh, Mike says, it's one thing for Kavanaugh to show anger. It's another for him to threaten retribution against Democrats and progressive, group, and progressive groups with his what goes around comes around. Kind, Absolutely. Yeah, his, yeah. The way who that the, who the, the hell does he think he is, right? Yeah, right. Uh, also, uh, KG says, I would like to see the women on the Supreme Court request a full FBI investigation. I don't think they're going to wade into those waters, but, uh, yeah, that would be nice. If you have a comment— I'd like to see the members of the Senate require and and request a full investigation. In other words, take your time, talk to as many people as you believe necessary, and as many people who want to talk to you, yeah. like Julie Swetnick, and don't accept any— phony limitations from the White House. But. Well, like as somebody else pointed out, you know, Dr. Christine Ford is not even on the list of people that the FBI is supposed to be talking to. <laughs> uh, one other quick thing. Uh, <laughs> at our uh, we- uh, Twitter page, BP Show, at BP Show, we have a poll up. Will the Kavanaugh FBI investigation derail his chances of making it to the bench? You can go vote on that right now. I encourage you to do so. All right. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for all those uh, comments. So, Lauren, what do we know about... Um, you know, the, uh, so President Trump said the FBI is going to have total free reign. They can go anywhere they want. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders said mm, that's not quite the case. And others and the Republicans are saying, no, you know, we want to uh, uh, um, we want it to be narrow. Uh, and we've also heard the New York Times is reporting that Don McGahn, the White House counsel, is really trying to limit the scope of their investigation and according to the New York Times, they're only going to be talking to, we know for sure, four people. So what what's what's what are you reporting? 
Yeah, it, I mean, a lot of it is now based on what the New York Times has. It sounds like that's the latest, but it does seem like it will be limited to in some way. You know, they're not they're not going to interview all three of these accusers who have come out, um, which seems to be, you know, the 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 big one. <laughs> You'd think that they would at least take the time to interview the women who come forward with allegations. Um, so that seems to be a limit on this investigation. Um, you know, since he's testified, we've seen some classmates come out and say. Actually, we don't think that's true. You know, he right. we, some, we drink with him. Um, so it does seem <laughs> like they will interview one classmate who said that um, unclear how far, how many more they might, you know, they might take the time to interview. Um, but, you know, there, there are certainly other people that that they could interview that, you know, in a week's time, it's going to be really hard. Right. Yeah. Uh, this professor is uh, his name is Chad Lud- Luddington. Uh, from North Carolina, uh, and he is, I forget what school in North Carolina, college professor, just as in North Carolina. Um, his He came forth over the weekend and said he frequently saw Judge Kavanaugh, quote, staggering from alcohol consumption during their student years, and he planned to go into the FBI today and their office in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, and tell them his story. So I think this is interesting because you have to – the FBI is probably not going to get to the bottom of what happened between Dr. Ford and Kavanaugh. But you have to wonder if if his classmates are going forward and saying, yes, we saw him drinking, you know, and he effectively, you know, may have lied under oath about his drinking in college or high school, however, um, whoever else comes forward to say that, then does that – you know, do, is that a concern for senators or – are they only looking at what happened um, in this one case and they'll you know, be satisfied with, no matter what the FBI investigation finds? Well, I think we have to remember that this is not a court of law, right? So we're not looking for the FBI to come up with facts that are going to prove without a, a reasonable doubt, right, beyond a reasonable doubt that what happened in that bedroom actually happened. But I think they can come up with enough facts that to to – make to re confirm her story or make her story more believable and his denial less believable to put it that way i guess you know like for example they can zero in on the date uh, uh, the time period at least if not the date based on when he was working at that safeway in potomac um i get, i mentioned this earlier i think his denial that he had ever met her at all uh, I think is something they could maybe establish through Mark Judge, if uh, and uh, yeah, Judge Judge is on the line here too. All these people talk to the FBI. By the way, are doing it under penalty of perjury, right? Right. So I mean, lying to the FBI is a crime, is what I'm saying. I mean, but if effectively, so would lying to the Senate Judiciary, and they have all talked <laughs> well, to the Senate Judiciary. Well, that's right? a problem because I I think it's pretty clear he has lied to the Senate Judiciary Committee. He did. In his earlier testimony about his role, as we mentioned earlier, in reviewing torture memos and, re- and vetting some judicial nominees and a couple of other issues, where if they wanted to, if someone, if the Republicans, I guess, were not in charge of the committee, the committee might pursue those lies, but they just kind of moved on. I think that's what's so interesting about this, because, I mean, just everything about Thursday's hearing was extraordinary. I mean, his 
temperament was, you know, pretty surprising for a lot of people. Even in the room, there was a lot of people, you know, he had the supporters in the room, but I think even they were surprised at how he came out swinging. Obviously, you know, some Republicans said that's clearly that's a sign of how angry he was at being, you know, falsely accused of this. But I think there, I, I, you know, you have to wonder if, if you know, Jeff Flake, that wasn't a part of this decision, you know, seeing someone just come at the committee in that way. You know, I think Nina Totenberg, who's been covering the Supreme Court for NPR forever, was said she'd never seen anything like that. I don't think anybody had. By the way, uh, Senator Flake yesterday, or last, I guess it was last night on 60 Minutes, wasn't Peter, where he did talk about uh, his, uh, he, he just called it a little too sharp in his, uh, in Kavanaugh's um, back and forth with Democratic senators. As it went on, um, I think his interaction with some of the members uh, was a little too sharp. But um, the statement at the beginning, I thought, was pretty raw. But uh, but in keeping with someone who had been unjustly accused. Or felt he had been unjustly accused, at any rate. Uh, a little too raw. But don't, don't you think Kavanaugh was told by the White House, this is what you've got to do? And... and, and I'm sorry. No, I mean, it sounded very Trumpy, and a lot of people made the comparison to Clarence Thomas, but it also had, you know, definite influence of Trump being, you know, defiant and combative, aggressive. Yeah. Uh, he didn't call it a high-tech lynching, but um, but that, that without getting shouting and screaming like uh, Kavanaugh did, that's this is the same approach that Clarence Thomas used, not so much responding to Anita's, Anita Hill's charges or allegations as attacking the process and um but and somebody obviously told brett kavanaugh you got to do the same thing i think he went over the way over the top the way he did it but he actually they both both clarence thomas and brett kavanaugh said this is a circus both of them use that exact phrase you can't tell me that that don mcgann and the the crew down at the white house advising him told him this is what you got to say. I think Donald Trump would I, I don't believe this, but I do believe Donald Trump could have written his his statement. Yeah. And, and I, told him this is how you have to deliver it. And I mean it worked, right? Clarence Thomas is on the Supreme Court now, so Right. Work um, for Clarence Thomas, will it work for Brett Kavanaugh? Right. I think that's the question. Um And you raise the other that that question about did he did he in this hearing show the temperament that people want. I mean, they don't want a partisan hack, right, a loud partisan hack on the Supreme Court. That's not, keep them in the Senate, right, or governors or wherever, right, but not on the Supreme Court. It's not what the American people expect. You have this idea of the Supreme Court being completely, you know, judicious and nonpartisan and almost far removed from how polarized politics are right now. And I think that's why, you know, you see extra scrutiny for nominees who've come through and worked in an administration before and, you know, worked through highly politicized moments like certainly he had, you know, hmm. Elena Kagan had worked for um, um, Clinton, for, right? Uh, or, yeah. I think, yeah, yes, she was in the Clinton White House. So, right. you know, when she went through, Republicans scrutinized her record because, yeah, that's it. You don't want someone who's extraordinarily partisan on the court. So what happens now with this FBI report? Do they come back and, and will the report be public? Will it go to the um, entire Senate, I guess, and 
be considered before they vote? What's the process? Or do we know? I don't know the technical details of the the process yet. Uh, we're still working, um, at least the Guardian is still working to get those. Um, but I, the, the full Senate should be made aware. Um, and they should have time to consider it. I mean, everything, you know, is on this sort of fast-paced timeline. So I don't think they're going to extraordinarily slow down the process at all to make sure every senator has had time to read the full FBI investigation. They do plan to take a cloture vote by the end of the week. So, um, you know, it will be pretty fast-moving. I think the report and then a cloture vote in the full Senate, which obviously would set up um, the final vote on his nomination. So if they move forward, um, uh, it could be before the end of the week? It looks like, um, I mean, that's the plan. Obviously, all of this is still up in the air. But the the idea is that they would try to take the, the initial vote, you know, sort of clear the way for a final vote. They would try to take that by the end of the week. Is That's not even a week then. They're not even giving the FBI a week. Yeah. I, I just want Fridays to be fun again. <laughs> I just want to have like a normal Friday. I'm where sorry, I don't Peter. have to be glued to the TV and then listening to uh, th- these things happen on a Friday afternoon. By the way, Senator Feinstein, we should point out, uh, there's so many concerns raised by uh, the idea that the White House is trying to keep maintain a very narrow focus and limit the number of people they talk to to just so far what we know is they're going to talk to pj smith leland kaiser mark judge and deborah ramirez four people uh not even dr christine ford christine blasey ford and not not julie's sweatnik that's the understanding um so and right. why not? And also, what about all these classmates at Yale who have come forward and said, yeah, he was a known drunk on campus? I think <laughs> what Democrats have said is this is going to sort of undermine, you know, whatever conclusion the FBI can come to or whatever report they put out. This this will there will still be questions because they haven't taken into account all of the allegations and, you know, every, have spoken to everyone they could speak to. Um but again, I mean, I part of me wonders if if actually, you know, on Friday it did look like, oh, maybe Jeff Flake was derailing his confirmation. But I wonder if it's going to, you know, to ease concerns for these key Republican senators. I, I You know, once there's been an FBI investigation, which is what Democrats want, Jeff Flake could say, look, we did everything we could have done to, you know, to vet these claims and... He's a conservative judge. I want to vote for him, and there's really not m- much more we could do. It and could turn out that way. That's could... the, I have that thought, too, because, you know, Joe Donnelly's uh, yes. statement where he said, you know, I'm voting no, <laughs> was all hinged on the fact that there wasn't an FBI investigation. So now that there is an FBI investigation, if they come back and they don't find anything, it's going to be hard for Joe Donnelly. What do you, what do you think that? is the one thing, and it's even if it's as limited as we know right now, right, as we believe it's going to be, they're trying to keep it at any rate, what is the one thing the FBI could come up with that would um, raise enough doubts that, that a Susan Collins or Lisa Murkowski will say, uh, that does it? I think if Mark Judge could... If Mark Judge said something along, you know, if he could sort of say, I I don't remember that party, but I knew her, we knew her, we had hung out with her before, something like that, that put the three of them in one place, I think that would, 
you know, that would make it really, I think that would make it a lot harder for them to say, oh, you know, maybe, because right now what the line seems to be is we believe Dr. Ford, but we also believe Brett Kavanaugh. Maybe she was, you know, mixed up. If you listen to the testimony, it's impossible to believe both. I mean, yeah. she clearly said 100% right. that that's 100%. the man who attacked me. Um, no, I think you're. I think you're on the right track. I mean, I think if they can establish that Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge and Christine Ford were together at some parties, if even, you know, even if they don't nail down the exact date, um, if they can establish, that's one. Two, if they can establish from uh, Leland Kaiser and P.J. Smith that they were at a party where Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge and Christine Ford were there, whether it was a party or just a gathering or whatever, pre-party or something. doesn't sound like it was an entire big right. party. But if, the, if they can establish that they were all there at some house at one time together, I think that totally undercuts Brett Kavanaugh's testimony, who basically is, is saying, Christine who? I never heard of her, right? You know, what? Yeah, I think he said something along the lines of he had known her. She was sort of in the peripheral of their friend group. And, um, you know, but I think I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was to the effect of, I, you know, I've never been at a party with her. I don't recall her ever being at a party that we were at. We didn't hang out with her school. You know, I was surprised that uh, he did say uh, the president, President Trump, actually did say that he found her credible. She looked like a nice lady or something like that. Um and you, so you begin to wonder whether he doesn't think mm, maybe this guy Kavanaugh, he would never, Trump will never admit this publicly, whether he might not make it, right? Whether he might go down. So um, before he got on uh, Marine One the other day as he was heading to West Virginia, um, the president was asked about, uh, okay, what's plan, what's plan B here, Donald, baby? I don't have any backup. I, I don't need a backup plan. We'll have to see what happens. I think he's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Yeah. No backup plan. Should we believe that? They got to have a backup plan. The White House is saying, and I think it was I think it was the Times that reported that there is no backup plan. They don't think they'd be able to get someone through before the midterms um and they Now just that I think is true. Right. right. If if Kavanaugh does go down, there's not enough time, but but between now and the midterms, uh, to 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 get somebody else nominated, vetted, meet, do all those round of meetings, you know, coached for the hearings and all that. Not enough time. Right. So that would they lose that. And then if Democrats take back control of the Senate, um, they're not going to get somebody else confirmed. Well, uh, I think they've resigned themselves to saying if. Democrats do take back the Senate, there just won't be anyone on the Supreme Court until 2020. That's what we're reading because... Um, no. <laughs> no. Basically, you didn't mean the senators would actually not just leave a vacancy on the Supreme Court like for an entire year? It would be crazy. Well, um, but yeah, <laughs> apparently Donald Trump says he is not going to negotiate. He's not going to nominate, you know, sort of a middle of the road Merrick Garland type, if you will. Um he, you know, promised his base something, and he's a prom- vowed to deliver, I guess. Yeah. In fact, I, I saw, I don't know who it was that pointed out, it was one of the Supreme Court, might have been Adam Liptak or might have been Nina Totenberg, who said that actually, so if under that scenario, let's say he goes down, Democrats win back control of the Senate, um, they leave 
the Supreme Court four to four for two years. And then if, God forbid, Donald Trump were reelected, um, they would leave it four to four for another four years. <laughs> Go six years with a four to four Supreme Court. There's nothing that says you have to have nine justices. Not, no, there are not, nine seats. But yeah. the Republic, by the way, Republicans already established that, didn't they? Yeah. Well, Lauren, it's not going to be quite as busy a week as last week, but it's still going to be pretty busy for you. Yeah. Never so. say that, I think. <laughs> That's true. That's what That's I've true. learned. It's early Monday, right? Yeah. Thanks so much for coming in today. Thanks Follow for Lauren me. at The Guardian, theguardian.com. There it is. Bill Press Show. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And we want to make sure that you know about all the other exciting ways to get more exclusive content from The Bill Press Show. We're on Patreon. Did you know that? On Patreon. So you go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash BP show to get videos that nobody else gets. All we ask is five bucks a month and you get access to daily commentary. And every week we put up a special interview just for our Patreon subscribers. Hey, it's a great way to support progressive media and get your hands on some fun, new, exclusive content. Thanks so much for supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash BP show. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is the Bill Press Show live at youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. Would you hire this man? Hell no, I wouldn't hire him. He doesn't have the temperament to be a Supreme Court judge. Hello, everybody. Here we go. It's a big Monday, Monday, August. August? No, October 1. Let's make it. Can you believe this is already the 1st of October? Whatever happened to September? It was a wild month, that's for sure. Good to see you today. Thanks for joining us. Hope your weekend was a good one. And now you're ready to dive into another very busy week here. Coming to you live from our studio on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., with all the news of the day and joining you online, joining you on television, joining you on the radio, uh, running fast to keep up with the news of the day. And a lot has changed since we were last together early on Friday. Who knew that the um, the Senate Judiciary Committee was going to take such a uh, crazy turn at the very last minute? Uh, with a one-week delay while the FBI conducts a kind of sort of investigation if the White House and Senate Republicans will let them do their job. Kylie Joy Gray is a managing editor of Share Blue, who joins us uh, here as a friend of Bill today uh, to help us through the news of the day. Kylie, it's nice to see you. Nice to see you. Thanks for that having me. That was a back. wild roller coaster ride, wasn't it? Last week. Uh, last week was the longest year of my life so far. <laughs> no, you never knew where it was going to go. We thought, sort of Friday, resigned. Okay, this is what's going to happen. It's just going to be boom, boom. They're going to vote, move on. He'll be on the court by Monday. Right. And here we are. Here we are. Yet another week of living in terror of what we're going to learn about this man that will convince us, even more so than we already believe, that he is a partisan hack, a liar, has the temperament of um, Donald Trump, and should not be near any court at all, Supreme Court, lower court, traffic court, nothing. That kind of sums it up. 
Beautifully. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good to talk got... to you. We'll see you later. <laughs> All right. My work here is done. Thanks, guys. Hey, lots and lots to talk about, as you see. And uh, that ought to get your comments on Twitter going, at BP Show. But first. This is the Full Court Press. Yes, indeed. Just a couple of other stories making news. Well, Bill, it finally happened. No. You don't have an iPhone X. You have the iPhone uh, 8, right? I have, I have it. The eight plus, eight yeah, eight right. plus. Yeah. Thank you. Right. I don't, I don't have the iPhone X, but it's That's the a, one that you can. It's the bigger one. Yeah. But it's, it's the newer version that you can unlock it with your face. It has the facial right. recognition. Right. Yeah. Well, it's finally happened. The FBI actually Uh-oh. forced uh, a suspect to unlock his phone using the facial recognition. This is a child abuse investigation that Ooh. was taking place in Columbus, Ohio. A man was uh-huh. arrested, and it had to do with some of the contents that he had, some of the stuff he had on his phone. But of course, he would not unlock it for them, so they just held his head in place. Yeah, put the phone in front of him, and then poof, the phone was unlocked. This is reminiscent, of course, of the case when Barack Obama was president. Of they, they had to get the FBI to sort of. Uh, paid a ton of money for this these uh, uh, people to crack this phone, right? They had to get into this mm-hmm. this phone because the guy knew the code and he wouldn't he wouldn't share it. Now you don't need it. You've got the facial recognition thing. That was a child abuse case too, wasn't it? I just vaguely remember. I think anyway. it was actually. Yeah. By the way, we've talked uh, a lot about Beto O'Rourke, who was running against Ted Cruz in Texas. There are a lot of reasons to like him, uh, but. The most recent reason to like him happened on Saturday. It was the big rally out in Texas with Willie Nelson at Austin's Auditorium Shores. Uh, they sang together. They performed together on the road again. No, really? Seems pretty fitting yeah. considering yeah. how yeah. much traveling Beto O'Rourke has done. And uh, Willie Nelson unveiled a new election-themed song called Vote em Out. <laughs> Vote em Out, which he says he wrote with two of his sons. Willie Nelson is just incredible. I just love that guy so yeah. much. National yeah. treasure. I he told did. you when I when I went to the um, where did I see? Oh, the Bert, uh, the the awards at the Library of Congress where his son played last year. God, his son is great too. This is the Bill Press Show. Why so many limits on the FBI's investigation? Why doesn't the White House just let them do their job? Hey, what do you say, everybody? Here we go on a Monday, October 1. Welcome to the program, the Bill Press Show, as we boom out to you live coast to coast from our studio in Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., with all the news of the day. Joining you online on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. How about it? On the radio, here we are in the greater Chicago area, great city of Chicago and all the uh, surrounding suburbs and of northern Illinois on WCPT and also looking at you on Free Speech TV. Thanks so much for being part of us. And remember, you can really be part of the program by send us, sending us your comments on Twitter at BP Show. Joining us this hour as a friend of Bill, uh, the editor, managing editor of Share Blue, Kylie Joy Gray, here uh, in studio with us. Um, 
even over the weekend, right? We didn't get a rest, Kylie. It's nice to see you. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice to see you. And no, we don't we don't get to rest anymore in this uh, this era, this administration. Uh, I I remember vaguely before <laughs> Trump was president. You know, weekends were weekends for the most part. There was the occasional time when a president might, for example, capture and kill Osama bin Laden late on a Sunday yeah, night. Yeah, right, but but you know that aside. Um, but now we we don't have that. It's just craziness and chaos and misery all the time, anytime. It's not exactly uh, no drama, Obama anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not really, no. <laughs> no. No, this is drama every 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 scene. day. <laughs> so the plan was um, when we left here um, on Friday morning. Uh, the plan was that uh, okay, Senate Judiciary votes on Friday. The full Senate votes on Saturday. They're going to swear him in on Sunday. And he's got his black robes on and sitting on the bench today on Monday when the Supreme Court convenes. That that was the plan. Oops. <laughs> but as, as so often happens with these, you know, lunatics, plans don't really go the way they think they will. So. And what's amazing is it seems because um, – before he left his office to go to the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, Jeff Flake, no surprise. In fact, I tweeted out right away, Flake proves he is a flake. He, he put out a statement saying he was going to vote yes right. on Kavanaugh. And then he heads to the committee when he happens to get in an elevator where there are a couple of women see him get in the elevator and they pounce. Here is uh, one of them, uh, her name. Ana Maria Aquila. You're allowing someone who is unwilling to take responsibility for his own actions, unwilling to hold the harm that he has done to one woman, actually three women. What? At any rate, her passion pretty clear. The other woman who is with her, they're both victims of sexual assault. And saying basically, how dare you so easily just confirm somebody who's had a serious accusations right. of sexual assault. And, and send a message to the women of the country that you don't take it seriously and you don't believe them. I mean, that, that was, I think, the most powerful line for me. Uh, you know, one of the women saying, look at me. Yeah. I am a yeah. survivor. What yeah. are you telling me? Yeah, no. Uh, very powerful. And he very was very powerful. He was clearly shaken by it. He was. But, you know, here. Here's the thing about Jeff Flake. Jeff Flake is a guy who wants to believe that he has principles and that he stands for something, but he doesn't. Jeff Flake stands for Jeff Flake. Jeff Flake stands for getting as much media attention as he can on his way out of the Senate. So this guy who has the opportunity to, to legitimately do the right thing, and he goes to meet with a Senate Judiciary Committee, and there is a motion before the committee, let's delay the, our vote among the committee until we can get an investigation. Here's your big shining moment, Jeff Flake. Be a hero. And Jeff Flake says, nope, I'm voting with the Republicans full speed ahead. Then later in the day, he says, yeah, right. what I would like, but I have no power to enforce now, is I would like Mitch McConnell to be responsible for delaying a vote in the Senate. Jeff Flake, you had that power yourself. Why didn't you use that power when it was up to you? Because Jeff Flake is a coward. Yeah. And he is saying, well, I'm not going to vote on this confirmation unless there's a delay. But I am willing to bet every shiny nickel in my back pocket that if Mitch McConnell said, screw you, we're voting now, Jeff Flake would not actually stand up 
for the process. And Jeff Flake would do what Jeff Flake always does, which is go ahead and vote with Republicans because that's what he is. Which is fold, which yeah. is cave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And by the way, I, I do think it is notable. We haven't yet noted it in today's program is that Jeff Flake went to North Ham- New Hampshire. <laughs> right. He went from the Senate to New Hampshire because because he represents the state of Arizona. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's because so he's he so transparent. He clearly has his eyes uh, maybe on a twenty twenty run, which uh, yeah, forget wait, wait, about look, it. Wait, whether or not he runs, who knows, right? Yeah. But like, if he does run, he knows he's going to have to get at least some of the Trump base, right? You can't just be the president of never Trumpers. Right. So that sign, that signal that he gave that he would vote for Kavanaugh. And then still, by the way, I mean, look, he could have voted no in the Judiciary Committee and just this would have been a moot point. Right. Yeah. And he should have voted. Yeah, of course he should have. And he's still saying that he's going to vote. Yes. This is this is the amazing chutzpah that these guys have where they say we want to have an investigation. We want to hear all sides. They'll even say we find uh, Christine Blasey Ford a credible witness. But we're still going to vote for the guy who, by that reason, we think is probably an attempted rapist. Cool story, bros. I mean, <laughs> wh- then why even bother? Why even bother with the hearing? What they're saying is there is literally nothing that we could learn about this man. Nothing. That he is an attempted rapist, that he perjured himself repeatedly when he testified before the Senate, that he hates puppies, nothing (laughs) that's going to stop them from putting him on the Supreme Court. You mentioned the lies. I mean, uh, so uh, uh, Senator Coons and Senator Flake had this very hastily organized or arranged, uh, amazing how 60 Minutes got them, like Friday, they must have arranged this Friday and taped it Friday and anyhow. Uh, on 60 Minutes, so the two of them together. Uh, and there are a couple of interesting exchanges that are that, uh, right, relevant here to what we're talking about. The first is um, Scott Pelley asks whether or not, if you, would you, could you do this if you were running for re-election, right? Um, is that, yeah. Senator Flake, you've announced that you're not running for re-election, and I wonder, could you have done this if you were running for no. re-election. <laughs> no, not a chance. Not a chance. No. Well, that doesn't show a lot of backbone, does it, right? Right. I mean, I'm only willing to take a principled stand about one of the most important roles that I have as a senator for a lifetime appointment to the highest court in the land because the voters aren't going to punish me for doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Wow, what courage. Take a bow, buddy. Yeah. I mean... And and that's the amazing thing is that we know that he's a relatively young guy. He has aspirations once he leaves the Senate. So even in that answer, even in what he's doing now, it's not about principles. It's about how he thinks he can maybe appeal to some other voters instead. Right. So then Scott Pelley follows up with another question about, okay, let's say the FBI comes back with evidence that he lied to the committee, would that make a difference? Scott Pelley asks the question. If Judge Kavanaugh is shown to have lied to the committee, nomination's over? Oh, yes. I would think so. Now, we already know, as you point out, he already lied to the committee before... We all saw it! (laughs) Yeah, even before last week's hearing. Sure. In the first hearing... He lied to the community. Two or three items that have been well documented. Yes. Just take the torture memos. 
He said, I had nothing to do with all this discussion about torture in the Bush White House. Bingo, they released the documents. There he is. Right. He's one of the attorneys who's reviewing these and recommending uh, that they could sign these memos. Although I have to say the the lies that he told last week almost scare me more because they're dumb lies. Like, he, you know, he started last off by... Week on, with, uh, uh, in response to Dr. Christine Ford. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. so one of the dumbest lies that this man told is that, oh, well, he, he never drink. he never <laughs> drank beers on a weekday in the summer. Yes, we talked about. Yes, right. I mean, first of all, who cares? Who cares? What does that have to do with anything? Admit, yeah, it's summertime. All the kids were drinking beer on Wednesdays. But he lied about that. And then he got caught lying about that by Senator Cory Booker, where he was like, okay, maybe I did drink on, you know, a Wednesday. It's such a meaningless lie. And he lied about that. He lied about boofing and devil's triangle, (laughs) It just suggests that the guy is not trustworthy in any way if he will lie about the stupid and inconsequential things. The things that literally don't matter, that they're just trying to establish his credibility. And he's like, (laughs) I have no credibility. (laughs) And and lied about how old he was. Yeah, the drinking age. The drinking drinking age. age. You talked about how it was legal to drink beer because at the time it was there was an 18 year old. That was the the limit for drinking alcohol. And it turns out that was not true. They had changed the drinking age to 21 at the time that he was talking about where he was legal to drink because he was 18. It's just, I mean, it's a, it's a provable lie. And, and, it, and it's a stupid lie. It's, it's it just, is stupid. It's a stupid lie that suggests to us that this man goes before the Senate and anything that comes out of his mouth cannot be trusted. And if he's lying about what the drinking age was in 1982, we can't really trust anything else that he's saying. Right. I mean, if you, I mean, it, there aren't many people that it would be disqualified. Like if you said, oh, yeah, I had a couple beers or I drank when I was 18, even though it was against the law, that's hardly worth like losing yeah, a right, job right. interview over. Right. But why? Why would he do that? Why would he go that to those lengths? Well, I think there's a certain kind of arrogance that he really demonstrated on Well, he went Thursday. to Yale. <laughs> right. Uh, Yale never made mistakes. Hello, George W. Bush. And I didn't have any connections. I worked my butt off. Right. I'm only a privileged, rich, white guy. Right. But, you know, he, he has an arrogance and a sense of entitlement that he really demonstrated when he completely melted down in a way no woman would ever be allowed to. By, you know, essentially saying, how dare the Democrats keep me from this job I really want, showing that he is a partisan hack and that he hasn't changed since the late 90s when, you know, when he was working for Ken Starr. He's as much a partisan hack now as he was then. By the way, just a little tangent. I met um, a a friend of mine, a former colleague from CNN yesterday, and um, who is a member of the Columbia Country Club. Oh, and she was saying, I said, oh, my God, that must be pretty interesting around there today. And she said the club is absolutely split right down the middle. The Catholics all support Kavanaugh. <laughs> and the Protestants and the Jews all support Christine Ford. <laughs> <laughs> so even to this day, right, the uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, 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 the turmoil. Kind of continue, yeah. kind of Which you shouldn't have there. about a Supreme Court justice. No, no. He's supposed to be above all of that. Right. Um, so, <laughs> where, yeah, where do we go from here? I don't know. Um, this, this, uh, it looks like 
Friday, what seemed to say, oh, now finally we're going to get the FBI investigation that we wanted, that everybody wanted, everybody was asking for, and this is going to really present at least the facts in front of the committee, Mm -hmm. that now that FBI investigation ain't maybe going to be uh, as thorough as it should be. They're talking to, so far as we know, and have been limited to talking to four people. Right. I mean, that's absurd. It, it's that's crazy. a farce. That's as, that's as big a farce as the whole hearing was. Yeah. I mean, what we've seen from Republicans and from the White House over and over and over again is that they don't believe him either. They are terrified of what is in his record. They are terrified that there are other women, there are other crimes, there are other lies, and they are in a an urgent race to get him on the Supreme Court before we find out all the other stuff that's out there. Mm-hmm. If they really but, believed that he was innocent and there was nothing, they would say, yeah, take your time, exonerate him, talk to anybody, because all you're going to find is that he really is a choir boy who likes beer. But they know that's not what we're going to find. And that is why they want to shove him on the court before anything else comes out about him. And, you know, that, that tells me there's a lot they know that we don't know yet. Right. Do you um, what impact will this whole process, this hearing, this vote have? Um, Because this is happening like 30 days from the midterm elections. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that. And you have everybody in the House is up. Right. Right. Including a lot of moderate Republicans, a lot of and and everybody in this, uh, not everybody, but 26 or so seats in the Senate. 36, I, I believe it is. You know, I, I think that um, that we're going to see a lot of anger among women voters, suburban women voters, voters who might tend to lean Republican mm-hmm. um, because the things, the messages that are being put out there are not even partisan messages. You know, and you've got old men saying, you know, it's OK if somebody rapes your daughter in high school because who among us didn't do that? You yeah, know, boys that, will be boys. That that speaks to parents. That's not partisan. Um, I think that there's already so much anger in this country among women, which is why we're seeing record numbers of women running for office on the Democratic side. On the Republican side, we're we're probably going to see fewer women in Congress in the Republican Party, which is kind of amazing. Like, wow, ladies, you're really missing out on history. Women running for office and women turning out to vote. Absolutely. And, you know, so far, you know, winning primaries and um, really showing the strength of their campaigns and the strength of their message. And, you know, for for those of us who are old enough to remember what what happened to an entire generation of women when we watched Anita Hill be destroyed by literally the same men on the Senate Judiciary Committee who are now trying to destroy Christine Blasey Ford. Um, it inspired, you know, the year of the woman and it inspired a record number of women to run and get involved in politics and become feminists and, and, and become really engaged. And I think we're just going to see a lot more of that if they actually put a man who is credibly accused of being an attempted rapist on the Supreme Court to pursue an agenda of punishing women, which is his ideology. Yeah, right. And 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 he's accused of something a lot more serious than Donald, than, than Clarence Thomas was yeah, accused absolutely. of at the time. You and, know, also we've talked. Some people have talked, and I have spent a lot of time talking about the similarities between Anita Hill and Christine Blasey Ford, and the fact that, as you point out, some of the very same men on that committee are and the and those like them, right? In 1991, 
uh, and today and haven't learned a damn thing the Nothing. whole time. But also the similarities between the the response to Clarence Thomas and to Brett Kavanaugh is absolutely identical, which yep. is a, a, attack your accuser right. and attack the process. When Clarence Thomas called a high-tech lynching right. and uh, and uh, Brett Kavanaugh says, it's the Clinton's revenge, right? Right. Yeah. And if both, only we were so powerful. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and both of them use the phrase, this is a circus. Right. Well, it was a circus yeah. for different reasons. But in other words, ignore the accusations, right? Don't you can't, uh, but attack your accuser and attack the process. And it worked for Clarence Thomas, and somebody at the White House said, "It's got to work for you." Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we know with Donald Trump, you know, he's never admitted that he's been wrong about anything ever, and to admit that and he was wrong will. about a Supreme Court justice is like the absolute worst thing. So, you know, people have said, "Well, there's a possibility that Trump might pull Kavanaugh." Tr Trump's not married to the guy. It doesn't matter. Trump doesn't even have to like Kavanaugh. Trump just has to like being right. And if he says, we made a mistake and we've got to pull this guy and put in somebody else, that would be him admitting a mistake. And he's never going to do that. Yeah. Um, at the risk of getting off the rails entirely, <laughs> there is something else that I do want to mention uh, and get your comments on as well, which is a stunning story that – so the, in, I want to, this is the issue of climate change, okay? Important to me, important to all of our viewers, important to the planet. Right. Important to the, to the world, to the country. So, um, so far from the Trump administration, it's been deny, deny, deny. Scott Pruitt, Rick Perry, Donald Trump, they pulled out of the climate, Paris Accord, the Paris Accords on climate change. Uh, there is no, climate change is a hoax invented by the Chinese, you know, to take advantage of us on trade deals, blah, 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 blah. That's all they say. Suddenly, on Friday, they went from denial to affirming that climate change is happening. And in fact, the Trump administration came out and said that the world is going to warm up by seven degrees by the year 2100. All scientists say, I mean, seven degrees is huge. That's significant. That means like Florida's gone, lower Manhattan is gone. Um, Places in, where Trump owns property. Trump's golf courses in Scotland are gone, right? In right. New Jersey are gone. I mean, it's just on and on and on. Norfolk is gone. I mean, seven degrees is catastrophic, totally catastrophic. So you would think, so they, that, it's a Trump administration report right. that came out with this, confirming that this is what's going to happen. We accept this, that this is the direction we're going in. So you would think that they would say, okay, that's a good reason to do something about climate change, to do something to try to slow it down to save the planet. Instead, they use that as a justification for cutting the new car standards, right. fuel efficiency standards, where Barack Obama had it at 55, with with all the auto auto manufacturers agreeing sure. they could meet that goal by 2025. They can. They don't care. They're fine. Yeah. They can make them, and they can sell cars that are more fuel efficient. And Trump wants to cut it from 55 down to back down to 35. And he says, and the reasoning is because we know that the planet is going to warm up by 7 degrees, basically because we know we're screwed anyway, because we know climate change is so real and so dramatic, we might as well do nothing because there ain't nothing we can do. Right. I mean, they they have it totally ass backwards. <laughs> well, what they should be, no, no, this is why we got to take some action instead 
This is why we have to take no action because it's so bad we can't do anything about it. You know, what's interesting. Um, Unbelievable. And I can actually tie this back to the same thinking about Kavanaugh, which is even if it's true. <laughs> Everything comes back to Kavanaugh. <laughs> even if it's true, we don't care. We have an agenda. The facts are not going Good to get point. in the way yeah. of our agenda. And so, you know, even if the guy's a rapist, we don't care. And even if global warming is real, we don't care. Nothing is going to stop us from doing the things that we want to do, which is destroying um, the environment to enrich our friends who make money by destroying things. And, you know, whatever justification they come up with, that might change a little. But the agenda doesn't change. So, you know, they can say, all right, well, these facts are real and we're still not going to do anything about it. And it's the same attitude that we've seen from the Trump administration on any number of issues. Then they talk about, well, premiums are going to go up with Obamacare. So what we're going to do is we're going to gut Obamacare even further, which will make premiums go up even more instead Mm -hmm. of, okay, well, here are the facts. What do we do to address those facts? It's just a matter of Pursuing an agenda regardless of what the facts are. And and sadly, this is the exact same thing. All right. Science is real and we just don't care. That's what it is. Yeah. OK. That, that, basically, that's what we're saying. All right. We yeah. agree with you now that climate change is real. It's going to be catastrophic. And so we might as well, you know, have a big party, right? Or, or just it, get it while you can. Right. It's like these are the guys who think that they can take their toys to heaven with them. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, the headline in the Washington Post, White House projects Earth will warm and accepts it. Just accepts that that's okay. Great. Uh, that's the way it is. <laughs> so we might as well make dirty cars again. Sure. And, and the other thing I can yeah. guarantee is that- Gas sure, guzzlers again. The White Why House not? accepts it, but you know, give Donald Trump a spare moment in ex- his executive time to hop on Twitter, and there will be nothing that stops him from going right back to saying it's a hoax, it's the Chinese, it's a Democratic plot, it's a con job, it's a whatever phrase he just watched on Fox News. Um, White House accepting something is not the same thing as Donald Trump accepting something. So so were you as shocked as Peter and I were to learn that uh, Sarah Palin's eldest son, Track, uh, was arrested for domestic violence over the weekend? What's what's the word for the complete opposite of shock? <laughs> I mean, you have to understand. It's called Palin. The, the, the Palin family, near and dear to my heart, have been writing about them since 2008. Um a lot, though not in recent years. And the first time that Track was arrested for beating up his girlfriend, it was like, well, duh, who couldn't have seen that coming? And so every every subsequent time that he's arrested for beating up a girlfriend, it's like, well, yeah, my fear now is at this point, statistically speaking, he's probably going to kill someone. And there's nothing we can do about it because in this country, we don't take violence against women very seriously. And we know that because the Violence Against Women Act is about to expire and the Republicans Mm -hmm. haven't done a single thing to expand it. So they're okay with track Palin beating up girlfriends. Oh, yeah. And they won't do anything to expand it. Uh, We are on a roll here on this Monday, October one. Uh, with uh, Kylie Joy Gray from Share Blue here as a friend of Bill. We're going to be joined next by Melanie Zanona from The Hill. And, of course, all of you, our most important guests of all, send us your comments on Twitter at BP Show. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is The Bill Press Show. Hey, how about it? Here we are on a big Monday, October 1. Uh, can you believe it? 
It is the Bill Press Show where anything can happen and just did or just is happening. Kylie Joy Gray here with us, of course, uh, from um, Share Blue. Got it right? Yeah. Got it right. Uh, here as a friend of Bill and a surprise guest joining us. I told you we're on Capitol Hill and, you know, we're so close to Congress and Capitol and things are going on. You never know who's going to walk in the door. We are so pleased to see our good friend, Ben of Ben and Jerry's. Come on, ben everybody. Cohen. Get out your spoons. Ice cream man's here. And he's going to croon. Come on, everybody. Eat it up. This is the way. Not for sup. Eat it for breakfast. That's the way to go. Eat it for breakfast. Don't be a schmo. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, we're ready. That feel good is here. Uh, what can I say? I don't know. This here is we what go. we need every day. Absolutely. Ice cream for breakfast every day. The International Association of Ice Cream Manufacturers have been trying to get people to eat breakfast ice, ice cream, cream for, for breakfast, breakfast for 50 years and we're and finally we arrived <laughs> that's right we that, arrived here it, at the bill press it, show it, it is good to see you and you've got a great big new project going with you and uh, you and jerry with ben with uh, move on.org yep, right yep, yep which is it's ben and jerry's favorite flavor picks there's uh seven progressive candidates that have a good shot of uh, overturning, you know, of, of of winning their elections and getting into Congress. There's so many exciting as Trump candidates. Busters. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's that? What's that Ghostbusters song? How's that go? <laughs> well, uh, Trump Busters. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's cross our streams. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? Uh, yeah, Trump, Trump Busters. Busters. Yeah, right. Got it. Uh, and so you picked out seven candidates, and you got seven flavors to match. The candidates. Well, yeah, there's been a contest to come up with the flavor uh-huh. names and the ingredients, Jerry oh, cool. and I. And yeah. I am the one and only sole judge and jury. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and Jerry, actually. I trust you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're going to pick the, the seven winners, uh, you know, flavors that embody the essence of these amazing candidates. I mean, you really ought to go to... Uh, the website somewhere on uh, Move On site is Ben and Jerry's okay. Seven Flavor Picks. Move on dot org. And so, it is such a diverse slate. I mean, there are all different colors on that, and uh, it's mostly women, and they are beautiful. All right, so I'm gonna hear the names. Can I read the names? Yeah, yeah. read so the names. So the seven names that uh, that that Ben has. It uh, now you do the flavors, right? Yeah, I did the flavors. These I, are the, the seven they, candidates they, they with were, the help they were of picked Move in consultation with right. political experts. Okay, so they are, uh, and they've got a damn good chance, and these are candidates you ought to be paying attention to. Um, me, by the way, excuse me one sec. If we're going to eat this ice cream, you got to start dishing all right, this ice cream. All right, all right. I got Dude. chocolate fudge brownie and chocolate chip cookie dough. I'll put... Choc- chocolate fudge brownie. Oh, I see. So this isn't named for a candidate yet. Huh? No, no, no. This oh, is not okay. a name for a candidate yet. This okay. is ice cream for Bill. This is what do we got? Chocolate fudge brownie. Yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. And uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. I'll have some of each. <laughs> That's my Many man. People. <laughs> Excellent. Let, let's do it. Let's go all in. Damn right. <laughs> and while you're. Uh, all right, look, look, this is not an ad for Ben and Jerry's. This is, this is a spot trying to uh, stop Trump and elect these amazing progressive candidates. Uh, absolutely, and they include, they are the seven, Jess King up in Pennsylvania. Uh, again, you can find out all more about these at moveon.org. Lauren Underwood in Illinois. Yeah, she's a registered nurse. Oh, okay. uh, she was a senior advisor at the Department of Health and Human Services. And uh, she helped implement the Affordable Care Act. 
Really? Cool. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Jess King? You have a little bio? Uh, working mom. Uh, oh. She, uh, what, what else can we say? She's a Mennonite. Uh, and, uh, oh, I've has, heard about has her. participated yeah. in a lot of uh, service and social enterprise incubators. All right. Jess King and Lauren Underwood, two women there. Aftab Poraval yeah, uh, in Ohio. This guy is interesting. He's the son of first-generation Americans. Uh, he was the student body president at Ohio State University, mm. and he was the first Democrat elected to be the Hamilton County Clerk of Courts in 100 years. Oh, whoa. And yeah. uh, he's made it easier for people to represent themselves uh, in court. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.T. Shulton out in Iowa. Yeah, the dude, uh, he is, uh, a le- he's had a legal career, and he's also a baseball player. <laughs> uh, so he's played in the U.S. and a bunch of countries around the world, and he recently took, well, not, not that recently, but he took a 20-hour one-way bus ride to protest the Iraq war. Oh, really? Good for him. These are all great candidates. Amar Kampa Najjar in California. Beautiful. The son of a Mexican-American mother and a Middle Eastern immigrant father. Uh, he was raised in San Diego, and then the family moved to Gaza for four years oh, and then has come back. So, Could I just jump in to jump mention in he's, the, he's the one who's running against Duncan Hunter. Duncan Hunter oh, was yeah. oh, recently right. indicted for and, using campaign money to take his family on vacations yeah, and yeah. buy theater tickets. So this is the guy in that race who isn't indicted. Yes. <laughs> yes. And by the way, uh, Duncan Hunter over the weekend put out an ad accusing him of being Incredibly a terrorist. Incredibly racist ad. A ter- because he ha- his one his father happened to come from the Middle East. Right. Right. So, right. Therefore, right. he's a right. terrorist. Right. Right. And he's saying that he's a radical Muslim, even though he's actually Christian. So it's a really ugly campaign. But Duncan Hunter is the guy who's going to prison. So vote for the guy who's not going to prison. The important thing to understand about all these candidates is that, you know, they're going up against uh, established Republicans. And, yeah. Uh, they need our help. They need every bit of help they Absolutely. can get. They've, they've, got, they've got a good chance if we all pitch in and help them out. What a great project. Okay, how about Stephanie Rose Spaulding, Colorado? Uh, She founded Our Children's Children's Enterprises, dedicated to creating an inheritable world for America's future generations. And uh, she's just been an incredible community activist and uh, has been on the advisory council of the Colorado Springs Black Advisory Council. Wow. You know, and we'll talk about the last one too, but I've seen there will be these candidates and others. Democratic candidates running this year. There'll be more diversity and particularly more women and more women of color in the United States Congress than ever before. If it's, we all pitch in to get them pitch, elected. Exactly. We've got to get them but elected. it's an incredible chance, an it, amazing it, shot. I mean, they won their primaries against establishment yeah. corporate Democrats. And not included in this list, I'm not being critical, There's the first would be the first Native American woman, you know, another Muslim American woman from the, you know, forget the thing. If you know, we all get if, behind them and pitch in. Right. right. How about James Thompson in Kansas? A uh, civil rights attorney. Uh, and uh, he's running for Congress because he believes our elected officials should ensure people up and down the economic ladder 
have the ability to build a better, brighter future. All right, man. Uh, so, you know, uh, you know, Kylie doesn't have any ice cream yet, but I'm going to start. Oh, thank you for pointing that Come out. Come on, don't uh, hold uh, out here, on I'll me. These, don't hold <laughs> out that ice cream, I know there's cream, not man. much in there right now, I'm gonna, but I'm, I'm going to top you up. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. Uh, there we go. I'm going to start uh, anyway because there's and, nothing I like better than ice cream for breakfast. And uh, I'm going to mainline direct from oh the pie. Oh, my goodness. Excuse me. Yeah, you can go with a... Sorry. You should not talk while. <laughs> oh, I think that's okay. People who watch the show know that you usually have your yogurt for breakfast, but yeah. uh, right. you know, to sub out ice cream for yogurt, just yeah, good, yeah, right? yeah. The dude has upped his game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel that this is a healthy way of dealing with the current Trump era in which we live. Usually, yes. I end my day with bourbon, but maybe starting with ice cream yeah. is actually the way to go. Yeah. Start your day with ice cream, end your day with bourbon. I yeah. love that. That's yeah. Trump's America. Two great tastes that taste great together. So, when are you going to? So, as I understand it, it's a favorite flavors or something. You're going to have an ice cream name for each of these candidates too. That's right. That'll be available. That's right. Oh, that's that's so cool. Absolutely. And how right. do people put in their nominations at moveon.org, I guess? Huh? At moveon.org. Um, right. I think, unfortunately, flavor nominations have closed mm. at this time, but money donations are open. <laughs> and moveon.org, which does such a great job, they really do. They, mm-hmm. they were really key. I went down one day to the Hart office building the first day of the Kavanaugh hearings. And there was Ben Wickler, whom you know, I know, who's the head of, the Washington head of moveon.org, who was directing this whole huge protest Mm. in the lobby. It was very impressive. A lot of women there, great T-shirts on. And um, and so they're active on so many fronts. Hey, I just got a T-shirt, by the way. My newest T-shirt is Jealous, y'all. And that's supporting uh, the Ben Jealous for Governor of mm. Maryland campaign. Um, boy, that's another incredible opportunity. He was the former head of the NAACP. Great guy. Yeah, I met him when we both got arrested together in front mm. of Congress protesting big money in politics. And, you know, us jailbirds, we got to stick together. <laughs> but I want to point out, that prior to getting arrested on the steps of Congress that very same day, you and Jerry were here in the studio. <laughs> Indeed. A uh, little foreshadowing. So it's your fault then. <laughs> no, I want you to know, Kylie, this is the first time that they said we have to get out of here because we have to go get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> it was a first, a new first for the uh, for the bill press. Probably we, not the last. Probably not the last. <laughs> new we were, frontiers in journalism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we were so proud of you. Yeah. But uh, Ben Jealous and he... Uh, in the primary, had the endorsement of our good friend and your senator, Bernie Sanders. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you know, a and real come bu- come from behind victory in the absolutely. in the primary. He's up against uh, Larry you know, Hogan. Uh, yeah. You know, a very establishment, but also very uh, you know well liked uh, governor. So he's he's got a big battle ahead of him, and he's. He's fighting really hard, and he needs all the help we can give him, too. Right. But mainly, we want to focus on these particular, not limited to these seven, but start with these seven members that uh, Ben and Jerry and MoveOn.org has aden- have identified and as part of their great uh, campaign for the favorite flavors. I want to be sure I get uh, Ben and Jerry's favorite flavor picks. Ben and Jerry's <laughs> favorite flavor 
picks. That's hard to say fast. Ben and Jerry's favorite flavor picks. <laughs> <laughs> it's too early in the morning. <laughs> All right. It's hard for me to say fast. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you're kind you. of a, a, a slow, deliberative guy. And, you know, we need that. We need uh, slow deliberation. We need... Uh, I started to say something I'm not allowed to Yeah, say and you can't remember. Radio. I know. This no, is no, how I it goes. I started to use a word I'm not allowed to use on the radio. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we need S disturbers like you, too. Is Thank what I you. To say. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Thanks absolutely. so much for coming in. And you it know what? It has been a pleasure. No more yogurt for breakfast from now on. <laughs> That's the spirit, old boy. You've got it now. <laughs> ice cream all the way. Boy. Yeah, boy. This this was a great way to begin the day. All right. Very great, smart. You know. <laughs> Great scintillating. You, Thank you for your <laughs> scintillation. <laughs> all right. Well, by. All right. See you again ta-ta soon. All. If you get arrested today, uh, you're on your own. <laughs> Take care. All right. See you. Uh, whoop, right there. Yeah. Thank you. How about that? Hard act to follow. Uh, <laughs> Did you bring us ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> Can't even enjoy it. Melanie Sonona Hi. joins us from the Hill. Okay, we're hungry. What did you bring? <laughs> I didn't bring anything. <laughs> hey, Melanie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? All right, good to see you. Yeah, yeah. can you believe it? You uh, know, um, it's been I crazy. A, hold on, just one second. I have a clean spoon. I I can't eat. Well, lactose, I can't have any I'm ice cream. Intolerant. Oh no! I'm lactose oh, intolerant. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, it's a cruel day to bring you in. <laughs> you know what? We have I bourbon. We can't eat ice cream. Oh, <laughs> no, we don't have bourbon. <laughs> we don't actually. You're have holding bourbon. out on me. Sorry, sorry. I wish. I wish. <laughs> you know what? That just means more ice cream. Yeah, more for you guys. <laughs> for Kylie and me. <laughs> and we might even share a little bit with Peter and Ray. Yeah, man. Uh, depending on if any if any's left over. What flavors? There's oh, still some left. Chip cookie dough is the best. <laughs> chocolate dough. fudge brownie and uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. I got to tell you, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Did you enjoy your ice cream? Um, I, I did. I'm showing a little bit of restraint, what with it being, you know, 8 in the morning. <laughs> Meh, it's Monday. We could use a little bit. All right. So, Melanie, bring us up to date. What's the latest on the FBI, uh, this this wide-ranging investigation is it already over <laughs> well what we know is that they've started reaching out to some witnesses so there's four people that they're going to be focusing on that's mark judge of course dr ford herself and then two of the high school friends um pj and leland which was the friend of dr ford uh-huh. uh, and then we also our, our understanding is that they're also reaching out to debbie ramirez who was the second accuser to come forward with accusations, but not Julie Swetnick, who's being represented by Michael Avenatti. And that caused a little bit of a stir over the weekend because Democrats said, I thought this wasn't going to be constrained. The administration said there's free reign. They can talk to whoever they want. Um, So that caused a little flap over the weekend. But they can still ask Mark Judge about those allegations and aspects of those allegations. Uh, We just don't know. Um, whether she herself is going to end up being interviewed. So jump in here, Kylie, anytime you want. But it seems to me, I mean, why why should they put any restraints at all? If you want the FBI to do an investigation, if you said we well, that's only, a big if. Yeah, if you only talk to but but you can only talk to so many people. Then in effect, they're not letting the FBI do its job, right? Well, they they've tried to completely dismiss the allegations from Julie Swetnick, who signed a declaration under penalty of perjury. Yeah. Um, by saying, well, it's it's not about her; it's about the lawyer representing her, and because we don't like the lawyer representing mm-hmm. her, we're not going to take her seriously. So they they're kind of like using that to smear her completely, but. 
you know, as as we've discussed, they don't want to get to the truth. They just want to get to the vote as fast as possible. So by saying that, you know, we're not going to talk to these witnesses, we're not going to invest these investigate these allegations. They're hoping to just ram through as quickly as possible, not find anything and get it over with and get him on the court. And then we're just stuck with the guy. Yeah. So, I mean, the idea that they wouldn't talk, I don't care about Michael Avenatti, right? I mean, no, no it's she's the one right. with the story. And it seems a very credible story. Also, isn't there, remember Dr. Ford said there was Leland Kaiser, P.J. Smith, Mark Judge, and Another person she couldn't remember the name of, she admitted. Right. So well, the, the other thing is that person down? they could. So they could open new lines of inquiry depending well, on the findings. But that decision is also largely up to the White House. So they're, the, the plan is to present whatever they come up with after these interviews, present that to the White House. And then it would be up to the White House to decide whether to pursue other interviews, such as if they remember who the other person at this party allegedly was. Why is it up to the White House? Because it's up to their discretion. The Senate left a lot of the uh, decisions up to the White House. That was part of the deal that was struck on Friday. Democrats themselves knew that this was going to be limited in scope and time constrained. Um, I just don't know if they knew exactly how constrained it was going to be. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is up to Jeff Flake and Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski. It's a very small group of senators that they're sort of aiming this investigation at. So if Jeff Flake is comfortable with them not interviewing Julie Swetnick, but interviewing Ramirez and Ford, that might be all that matters. Well, And he's already said that he's comfortable voting for Kavanaugh right now, based on what we do know. As long as nothing comes up, right? right. You have to wonder, well, what could possibly come up at this point that would make Jeff Flake say, oh, okay, now I have problems with the guy. Unless Mark Judge says, yeah, I remember the party, it did happen, but, you know, there was no assault. If he says anything to the contrary or even remembers... Dr. Ford herself being involved or being around during those years, I think maybe that could cause a a little bit of a pause for Jeff Flake. Uh, But it is hard to imagine that they're going to come up with some smoking gun, given the the time constraints and they're only doing a few interviews. Um, They could also do some document production. That's something at their disposal. But again, they have no search warrants. They have no subpoena powers. um, So they're pretty limited. So what about the Deborah Ramirez uh, charge and the corroborating testimony from, or at least public statements from other classmates at Yale. I mean, it's like you could fill a classroom with people at Yale who said he was a fall-down, sloppy drunk. Right. I saw NBC actually reported a few moments ago that they, mm-hmm. the FBI potentially was going to be reaching out to someone who spoke out over the weekend, a this Yale prof- classmate. The, who's now a professor at, uh, and in North was, Carolina. Right, yeah. and was speaking about his drinking behavior. But that's another question. Flake said at the 60 minute, Minutes interview yesterday, if he has found that he lied, if Kavanaugh lied during the hearing, he said that's disqualifying. I don't think his nomination would go forward. But lied about what? Lied about the accusations? Lied about his drinking behavior? Because it seems like he may have lied about a few things under oath during that hearing, you know, whether it was what a definition was in a yearbook or his own drinking patterns. But it's unclear what Jeff Flake exactly meant when he said, if he's lied, that is disqualifying. You could do a, you could identify, as, as um, Kylie did a little earlier, a string of lies that he's told about big stuff and little stuff. Right. But and so clearly the the, the little lies that we've watched him tell, you know, the <laughs> days of the week that he would drink or not drink, which 
we watched him tell two different stories in the span of a few hours about that. That's a lie. He was caught lying. He admitted to lying about it, although that's not the language he used. But that clearly is not dispositive for Jeff Flake. So then you have to ask, well, how big does the lie need to be for you to think that he is disqualified? If if lying about his drinking doesn't make you question his credibility and his honesty, what about lying about sexual assault? Does that do it for you? Does that raise any flags? It seems like no. Mm-hmm. Right. I was just looking at this professor from, uh, this professor's name is Chad Luddington, mm-hmm. who is a Yale classmate, now a professor at a college in North Carolina, said that he frequently saw Judge Kavanaugh as a student staggering from alcohol consumption. It also Which raises the question. A different picture of yes, the, and if if he was getting blackout drunk, is it possible he doesn't remember this assault, and that's why he's saying yes. it never happened? I don't remember this party. Maybe he just doesn't remember anything from that night if he was that drunk. I was just reading that piece, by the way, that you just referenced. There's another uh, mention in there about how uh, violent he would be when mm-hmm. he drank. Mm-hmm. And there was one mm-hmm. incident where they talked about how there was someone who said something to him that he didn't like when he was drinking, and he took the beer that he was drinking and threw it in the guy's face. It turned into a brawl. One of their mutual friends went to jail uh, over the whole thing. So that seems like there would be some sort of you know, evidence that, that actually happened. And, and this is this is all Kavanaugh's doing, remember, because, you know, Kavanaugh presented himself and he offered letters from dozens of people who knew him saying, I've been a choir boy since day one. Right, right. And he's the one who presented right. this story Good of point. himself as, <laughs> you know, a perfect individual. He was perfect in high school, perfect in college, you know, drank two beers in his whole life. And so now all of these people are coming forward to say, well, that's not true. And, oh, well, where are they coming from and why are they undermining the story? And does it really matter how much beer he drank in college? Well, it matters because he lied about it. And because, because he made his defense. I, do, I wasn't like that. I didn't drink. Right. I was a good kid. He I could have said, as many people have, look, I did some stuff when I was a teenager. Many kids did. I drank a lot. I blacked out. I went to parties. I lived it up. And I grew up. I realized I wanted to change my life. I took a new direction. And now look at me, this you know wonderful, solid human being before you. But that's not what he did. And so no. he's the one who opened the door to all right. of these questions about what he really was like as a yeah. teenager. So, Melanie, it looks like they said, OK, well, let's do let's pretend to have an FBI investigation, but let's keep it narrow, so limited that they can't possibly come up with anything that would change the vote. Still, even in that little limited uh, scope that it looks like they have, what what do you think is the one thing that they could come up with that would be enough for Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski or maybe even flaky Jeff Flake to vote no? Like I said before, if Mark Judge comes out and says anything along the lines of I remember this party or I remember Dr. Ford. Or I, think, I remember the three of us being in the same place right, at the same time. Right. I think anything along those lines and Kavanaugh could be in real trouble. <laughs> because um, he basically said he doesn't even remember her at all. Right. right. I right. think if they can find the floor pan, plant, floor plans from the house that this allegedly took place in and if it was as described by Dr. Ford, that could be something else that gives a little bit of pause at least um, for someone like Jeff Flake or Susan Collins. But it's really hard to imagine. Something like this is very hard to prove or disprove. Um, It's hard to imagine that they're going to come up with some smoking gun that's going to derail the whole process. I think... But, yeah. But, again, it's not a court of law. What do you think, Kylie? What what could they... 
Well, you know, I, I think that— What would that, do it to be the trigger? I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Republican Party because uh, I wasn't born yesterday, and I've seen the way that they'll make excuses for doing what they want to do. And the one thing that I can't stop thinking about is Orrin Hatch two weeks ago <laughs> saying, even if it's true, he's still a good man. Even if Brett Kavanaugh is an attempted rapist, rapist. He's still he is man. still a good man, and that's no reason to keep him off the court. And if that's the standard that certain Republicans are adhering to, that even if it's true, we just don't care. We're